In 2019, the nonprofit Michigan Energy Options had just put up a solar farm. John Kinch is the executive director. We um, purposely located our East Lansing Community Solar Park on a former municipal dump. That's right, a landfill. It's closed. It's a closed dump. There's you know, grass and some flowers and weeds growing there. Kinch's company then decided to restore the habitat. So we took all the junky grasses and things that were not native, got rid of it all, and planted all um, native prairie and wildflower species um, to Michigan. And so it's a beautiful site right now. There's echinacea, black-eyed Susans. That are also helping the insects and the birds and all the other kinds of animals that require that habitat. We also are producing renewable, clean energy. A repurposed landfill, new habitat, clean energy. Sounds great, right? But one day, Kinch was out there admiring the work when a thought hit him. Holy cow, when we're done with this project, am I going to remove a thousand solar panels from a landfill and go put them underground at a landfill somewhere else? The world is seeing a huge push for solar power. But what happens when those panels die? This is Points North, a podcast about the land, water, and inhabitants of the Great Lakes. I'm Dan Wanshura. Today, producer Izzy Ross looks into solar panel recycling and why some people want to make sure it's done responsibly. That's right after this. Support for Points North comes from Cherry Republic, celebrating northern Michigan's tart cherries with products like jams, barbecue sauces, chocolate-covered cherries, and more. Online at cherryrepublic.com. And Aspire North Realtors, bringing real estate professionals together, supporting their involvement in the community, and advocating for the industry in a sustainable way. Online at aspirenorthrealtors.com. About 12 years ago, a woman named Annick Ansel was working at the Brookhaven National Laboratory in New York State. She was looking at the environmental impact of solar, and she got interested in what happens when solar panels die. How could this renewable energy become sustainable? So the first thing I did when I started in academia after my postdoc was to write a proposal about looking at the end of life of solar modules and the need for recycling and sustainability. But other people weren't on board. The response to that proposal was just, well, that's not a problem, and it's not going to be a problem for a long time, so we're not going to fund that. She submitted another proposal a few years later and was rejected again. But around the same time, interest in solar waste was starting to pick up. The country was installing panels at record rates, and in 2016, the International Renewable Energy Agency released a big report. It said in the next few decades, the world could see up to 78 million metric tons of solar waste. To put that in perspective, that's about 5 million school buses. By 2021, Ansel's research was finally funded. And she's been working on that ever since as an associate professor of civil and environmental engineering at Michigan State University. Looking at um, the waste part, for me, that's part of the full life cycle of the solar panels. As soon as we start thinking about a product, we should think about, like, what's going to happen to them when we're done with it. To understand solar recycling, we need to know where the panels begin. 
Most solar panels are made in China. Those blue rectangles that convert sunlight to electricity are covered in big sheets of high-quality glass and plastic polymer. Those rectangles are usually made of silicon, a very pure form of sand. There's copper, silver, and other metals. An aluminum frame holds it together. And an important note, there have been charges of human rights abuses, like forced labor, in mining and manufacturing for solar that gets shipped to countries including the US. Most solar has been installed in the last 10 years, and that number is growing fast. Panels are popping up everywhere, around houses, cities, farms. Solar is cheaper than ever, thanks to federal incentives, new technology, and higher demand. And these panels are meant to last for at least 25 years. Eventually, that will pile up and we'll need to dispose of them. But the country doesn't have consistent guidelines for what to do with old solar panels. State regulations are all over the place. Panels can also contain heavy metals like lead, which makes getting rid of them more complicated. The vast majority are thrown away in landfills. Only about 10% are recycled. And people who are recycling are dealing with a patchwork system with a lot of organizations. Solar recycling companies are part of that configuration. Some are in the Great Lakes region, but panels are also shipped to big facilities thousands of miles away. Jesse Simons helped found the California recycling company SolarCycle last year. He's the chief commercial officer. Simons says the first step is sending out a team to determine whether panels can be reused instead of recycled at their facility in Texas. We are now putting a panel on a machine. The robot essentially pops the frame off. Panels are hard to take apart. They're fused together in a kind of sandwich of aluminum, silicon, copper, and silver, built to withstand decades outdoors. So you need specialized recycling systems to recover valuable materials, like the machine that removes the aluminum frame, which gets recycled and sold. And now what you're left with is the glass. They sell that glass, and then there's the laminate. And it really does, at that point, roll up like a yoga mat. It's like a very thin piece, but that's where most of the value is currently. Something like 80% of the value of the panel is now in the 8% of the weight that is in that yoga mat-like laminate. They put the laminate in a shredder where it's ground down to the size of sand. Then we've got another machine that basically uses electromagnetic processes to separate the valuable metals from the remaining plastic and glass. At the end of the whole process, they're left with around five pounds of plastic, which they're trying to find a way to reuse. So why isn't everyone recycling? Well, even though costs are dropping, it can still be expensive. It can cost up to $45 to recycle a panel, but just a few dollars to throw it away. Now, the solar recycling industry is expected to grow as technology improves, waste accumulates, and demand for materials goes up. People like John Gilkison from Minnesota's Pollution Control Agency say this transition can't be left to the free market and industry alone. That's called wish cycling because the market will drive to the cheapest option, which is going to be landfilling. We have had many conversations with larger energy providers who say, we'll do the right thing. And we say, what is the right thing? And when it really happens, will you do it? And then we get no response because people are not going to do anything that they do not have to do. Gilkison says policy is key to dealing with any kind of waste, including solar. 
He wants reuse and recycling take-back programs that are funded ahead of time and supported by the industry, along with federal efforts. And he says we have to start working on that now. Deliberate, intentional action is needed to make this happen. Otherwise, you've got thousands of actors all doing whatever they think is in their own self-interest, and it's not going to be a coordinated reuse and recycling system. There are efforts out there to make reuse and recycling more feasible. The U.S. Department of Energy has announced $20 million for solar sustainability. Washington state passed a law requiring company take-back and recycling programs. Some states have started treating solar like other hazardous waste, which streamlines collection and recycling. And there are efforts to collect panels in the Great Lakes for reuse. Anik Ansel, the professor at Michigan State, says now is actually a great time to figure out how to move forward. She says a major reason to keep working on this is simple. We could do better. That's mostly what I like to say is, yeah, like solar panels are great, but it could be even better if we were designing it for end of life or if we really had a solution. And instead of like keep mining for new sand, we were able to use old solar panels and create new solar panels. That would be so much better than what we're doing. A couple things you should know about solar. It produces far fewer emissions than non-renewable energy, like gas or coal. And the projected amount of solar waste internationally may seem like a lot. Remember, it could weigh about the same as 5 million school buses. But it's still way less than the amount of trash we throw out globally every year. At the end of the day, experts and advocates say it's critical to improve the solar life cycle because we need way more solar to eliminate carbon emissions. And recycling solar waste is just one part of the bigger challenge of fighting climate change. So what can you do right now? Well, if you're living in the Great Lakes and have residential solar, a good first step is to contact the company that installed the panels and ask if they'll repair or recycle them. And if you're thinking about getting solar, you can ask the installers if they have any reuse or recycling policies. That's Izzy Ross reporting for us through a partnership with Grist. The story was edited by Morgan Springer, additional editing from Ellie Katz and Ed Ronco. Music by Scott Holmes, Timecrawler82, Beat Mechanic, and Briley Christopher Oxley. Special thanks to Silvana Oviet at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory, Chris Knittel at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology Energy Initiative, and Adam Sagai at We Recycle Solar. For more stories from the Great Lakes, listen and subscribe to Points North wherever you find podcasts. And you can show some love to the show just by rating and reviewing it. That helps more listeners find us. All right, that's it for this week. I'm Dan Wanshura. Points North is a production of Interlochen Public Radio.